provable irregularities in the official American tsunami story that simply has to be told now or it's going to be lost forever. And the truth about the disaster will never, ever be told. It's beyond any doubt that a giant tidal wave tsunami smashed its way through South and Southeast Asia and still had enough punch to continue all the way across the Indian Ocean to Africa where it killed and injured a few hundred more. So the only question you ask is whether this tsunami was a natural or man-made catastrophe. A natural event would have been horrifying enough, but if the, 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 the tsunami was man-made, then we are unquestionably looking at the biggest single war crime in global history. Do you realize that? The biggest single war crime in global history. And to make any sense of any of these irregularities, I call it disinfo. Because it is disinformation. Disinformation is different than misinformation in the aspect that disinformation is given out despite the fact that the people who are giving it out know that it's wrong. Misinformation is something that's given out when someone doesn't know they're wrong. This was clearly disinformation. And to make any sense of all of this disinfo, we've got to start at the very beginning and then follow the course of events as they unfolded. Especially events in the immediate vicinity of the real tsunami epicenter. Because it's very different from the location being relentlessly peddled by the mass media. That's right. The tsunami epicenter is different than what we've been told. At midday local Australian time, they recorded the magnitude and position plotted by the Jakarta Geophysical Office in Indonesia. An earthquake measured 6-4 on the Richter scale. It hit the north of the Indonesian island of Sumatra. The Jakarta Geophysical Office meticulously noted that the epicenter of the event was located 155 miles southwest of Aceh province. That's 150 miles southwest of Aceh province. The location shown to the world on CNN and the rest of the Illuminati-controlled media is approximately 250 miles southwest of the position later selected by the American NOAA, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. It plotted the epicenter to the northwest of Aceh and initially claimed it read an 8.0 on the Richter. 
But even that wasn't enough to cover the damage caused by this extraordinary event. So the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration in Honolulu, Hawaii, progressively updated the reading to 8.5 and then to 8.9 and then to finally what they settled on and everyone around the world says was a 9.0. So the first proven misinformation, irregularity, was peddled by American officials at the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. They put the epicenter almost a hundred miles farther south than what actually happened. And they suddenly invented this new flexible peak seismic wave for the event. Far greater magnitude than Jakarta had. When the Jakarta office was located much closer almost point-blank range of the earthquake. Believe me when I tell you there's no such thing as this new flexible peak claimed by the NOAA. The first seismic peak you record is the only real peak, unless, of course, you later manually draw in a few more peaks of your own to match a contrived agenda. Naturally, there is also only one epicenter, which was faithfully recorded by dozens of Indonesian and Indian seismographs. Yeah, Indonesia has seismographs to record earthquakes. Yes, India does also. And that's not what they recorded. They did not record an 8.5, an 8.9, or a 9.0. They recorded a 6.4. So clearly, there was something else to give that wave, or those waves, that oomph. So even if you ignore this huge disparity in Richter scale values, the Indonesians and the Indians were disturbed to find that the normal earthquake preamble was missing from their seismographic church. And all this means is that the normal, steadily increasing number of transverse sheer S waves that always precede an earthquake were missing. And so were later aftershocks. There were none. And they always accompany a naturally occurring or a Tesla standing wave-generated earthquake. There were warnings of aftershocks from the National Oceanic Atmosphere Administration, but none actually came about. It's the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto, a view from space. And to simplify things for you so you can understand, an earthquake is always triggered by a resonant electromagnetic frequency about the range of 0.5 to 12 hertz. But it's not an instant process. Because the resonant frequency must be precise. So as the true resonance approaches, the fault line starts to tremble like a piece of rope under tension and sends out warnings to the seismographs in the form of steadily increasing transverse shear waves, or S waves. 
they move side to side perpendicular to the direction of the wave. That's what an S wave is, a shear wave. I want to come back to the relatively simple job of delivering a multi-megaton thermonuclear weapon to the bottom of the Sumatran Trench and then detonating it with awesome effect. But right now, we need to look at the initial task of following the trail of events and inexplicable misinformation or irregularities, whatever you want to call them. So, we travel south to the distant desert island of Australia, the Commonwealth country, the home of Illuminati member John Howard. This is the guy who jumped aboard sending Osley troops to Iraq when 95% of his population said don't go. 95%. It was the highest of any Aussies are in Iraq. Because they're ordered to. By the secret, shadowy government that's actually running this world. So, to the intense displeasure of a lot of his Australian subjects, Howard never makes a move outside Australia unless he first gets explicit instructions from one of his New York cronies. And remember this reality, because it's extremely important because of what Australia did next. Now, on the morning of December 27th, the day after, the Australian New York-owned media that would be Fox TV owner Rupert Murdoch was making it very clear that the most badly hit nation in the region was Sri Lanka. That's the island at the southern tip of India, which we all know so well now. Which, like Australia, is a member nation of the British Commonwealth. And Tim Costello head of one of the Australia's largest charities, made immediate plans to fly to the area, area and, and, and look at the damage and, and assess the need for aid. But that same morning, John Howard, Prime Minister of Australia, was dancing to a different tune. In true covert manner, John Howard secretly dispatches two Royal Australian Air Force Hercules transport planes packed with supplies to Malaysia on standby and directed two more to Darwin in Australia's north. Now you've got to remember, if Howard had any humanitarian concerns at all the day after, the 27th of December, all four Hercules planes would have flown directly to the Commonwealth partner Sri Lanka, No. Wouldn't they have? Wouldn't you have if you were John Howard? And every other Australian on that whole island of Australia already was told by the media that that's where the aid was needed. But no, John Howard waited patiently for orders from the Illuminati. And the waiting period was pretty short. After a high-flying reconnaissance jet confirmed that the runway was clear at Needham, 
in eastern Sumatra, all four Australian Hercules, complete with troops, guns, and other tackle, invaded Sumatra just south of the devastated province of Aceh. Ninety percent of the Achenese were killed by that tsunami. More coming up on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto on the very strange irregularities, the misinformation that we've been given on the tsunami of Southeast Asia. I'm Space. It's a view from space on Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. He's the man they call space, and there's a really good reason. Get ready to find out things you never knew and be amazed by what you should know. It's a view from space on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm the guy that calls space on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Some say this is a conspiracy show. You know what? The conspiracy is on the mass media channels on your television set and on mass radio stations that syndicate shows. All right? The truth is hard to come by. In war, as a matter of fact, the very first casualty is truth. And believe me, there's a war going on. An economic war, a military war, a weather war, And there's a war for the mind. That's what I'm involved in tonight, with the disinformation that's being spread by the Illuminati-controlled mass media. All you've been seeing is emotion-evoking stories. That's all. That's all they'll show you. That's all they'll investigate. Heart-wrenching stories and showing you the waves over and over. So that now, if you watch a commercial that's selling a holiday vacation and you see a wave, you naturally think tsunami. You think, you're checking that wave out to see how big it is. And that's called thought control. And if you think that your mind is not controlled by the pictures that you've been seeing on the Southeast, Earth, uh, Southeast Asia earthquake, you are seriously mistaken. And I believe, if you excuse the pun, you're sailing in very dangerous waters. Because it is a battle for your mind. There's more to what went on in Southeast Asia than they're letting on. It's Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Stephen, you're on with space. Yes, hi, how are you today? Good. Go ahead, please. Yes, I'm just familiar, uh, curious if you're familiar with the uh, the other earthquakes in the area at that particular, uh, not at that time exactly, but months before? Yes, they had a six before, uh, three months before that, in that same area, and there was no, not even a, 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 a ripple. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there was also one in... This uh, Jakarta um, uh, geophysical office in Indonesia 
recorded this quake at 6.4. Right. Okay, yes, I remember that. Uh, there was one um, in July 25th. Yes. Uh, at a depth of uh, 582. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it was meters. I, uh, Oh, no, kilometers, I'm sorry. Yes, it is kilometers. Yeah, it, it was a 7.3, and that was in, in uh, July 25th of the same year, uh, 2004, mm -hmm. off of the uh, tip of South Sumatra at that time. Mm -hmm. um, I have the latitude and longitude here as well. So I, I'm, not, I'm not being a pessimist, but do you think it's a possibility that these are just natural occurrences and just the way that the, you know, the mass media is... Uh, okay, distorted? all right, take your 7.5. Did you say 7.5 in July? 7-3. Okay, a 7-3 in, in July, but there was no tsunami. That's correct. This was a 6-4 on the Richter scale, not a 9-0 as uh, told to us by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. It started at an 8, uh -huh. then it went to an 8-5, then it went to an 8-9, then it finally went to a 9-0. Right. And I'm sorry, mm -hmm. people that, you know track earthquakes and measure earthquakes for a living <laughs> don't make errors like that and there's also one that's it's uh, contrived that's right there's also the 7.5 you're probably speaking on was uh, actually uh, November 11, 2004 and that was in um, I believe I don't know if I pronounced this right the, the Kepaluan uh, is part of Indonesia there alright now we just know, we, we know it's around the ring of fire area right on the uh, Indonesian side on the west side right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay yeah and, and and what I'm saying here is the fact that they have and, and you're 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 backing me up here with the earthquakes in around the six to the seven to even an eight that's not even going to give us a ripple. Yet there was this incredibly huge, devastating tsunami following this latest one on December 26th, which I will tell you now was a thermonuclear device that collapsed that shelf and all of that dirt and all of that rock going into the bottom welled that water up to an incredible wave actually three of them and that's where your tsunami came from can we be 100% sure though 100% without a shadow of a doubt like you know shouldn't, shouldn't we uh, stand why by? not why don't you let me finish uh, um, um, what I have here on uh, the, uh, yeah. what, what the Australians did and what the Americans did and what ships yeah. started to appear in the area almost immediately at, on cue. It's like, cue the Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. All right? So I will give you the evidence, and then it's up to you to make up your mind because this is a battle for the mind. It's about disinformation. Just one one um, um, observation, which might also back up the situation as well. Or the stance is that the the coordinates. I don't know what what coordinates do you have for the uh, um, the earthquake. Uh, I'm going by the Jakarta Geophysical Office that meticulously points to the epicenter at 150 miles, 55 miles south southwest of Aceh Province. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred miles closer to Aceh province than what has been told to us by the NOAA, the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. That's located in Honolulu, Hawaii. This was the guy, McCreary, who said, uh, when, when we got the earthquake, we knew 15 minutes before 
that it was coming, but we didn't know who to call. I had that on the show last week. Yes, I was listening. On the new Mojo Radio, it's 640 Toronto, on a view from space. It's just real interesting that the, uh, it was 3.4 north and 95.7 east. I, I don't know if that's the, G, uh, the Jakarta um, system that was uh, giving out those coordinates. Well, don't worry. The Jakarta Geophysical Office's numbers are not going to get on the mass media. No, eh? No. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is going to have their numbers published. And they're going to admit that they made a mistake. And McCreary, the head, uh, the head honcho there, also uh, uh, said another couple of strange things, that he didn't realize there was going to be a tsunami hit uh, with, the, with this quake until uh, uh, he realized it was hitting when it hit Sri Lanka. But it hit Thailand first. Right. 45 minutes, a clear 45 minutes before it hit Sri Lanka. So he is lying, or he didn't have his radio turned on, that Thailand actually had a, had a tsunami hit. The first wave had already hit. So, but aren't we being inflammatory a little bit uh, in terms of, uh, you know, just, just the world, you know? And in that effect, that uh, we're causing mass hysteria in a way, uh, and, and we're mis misdirecting and blame, you know what I mean? Because uh, we've got to be 100% on this, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, and I think you should hear both sides. Well, You're only hearing one side right now on the mass media, sir. Oh, and, and you know what the side is? I hear they're, not even, they're not even checking into it. Have you even seen McCreary's name come up? Nope. Have you even heard, heard about the, uh, the, uh, the NOAA? Uh, have you seen a spokesman at all? Have you seen anyone from any, any seismology uh, organization? Yeah. You haven't seen one. You know what you've seen over and over? Mm -hmm. People who have lost loved ones bilking you of your money. Because that's how they evoke pity. That's how they evoke emotion from you. And that's how they bring it into a global affair by having every country in the world donate. And by the way, I would like to, I'd like to say this right now. I, I, I would just love to see this happen. And this, it's called this. If you pledge money, I'm not going to mention your name. When the check is in the guy's hand that's going to get the money, then we say... Japan has given $500 million. It's in a, not pledging because you know what? The BAM earthquake that happened exactly 366 days before in Iran, only half of the money that was pledged ever got there. And you know, Iran and America don't get along that well. No. No. But don't, don't that, they're on the ex axis of evil. Remember the speech just after uh, September 11, 2001? George W. did the uh, axis of evil speech. North Korea was on it. He mentioned Iraq. He mentioned Iran. He mentioned uh, uh, Indonesia, sir. Mm -hmm. They just got the wave. Hello. Yeah. We're so, here. So, but, uh, Gary, Bell, Gary Bell, don't you think that, that we should uh, try to help out the people as much as possible? Because that's human nature. I mean, once, once something has happened already, I mean, we can't just sit by and let the people suffer. You know? Yeah, but how do you know when you give that money? And, and, and here, here's the latest one. Here's the latest one. Watch what charity you give to. Of course. And they're saying, I'm telling you right now, you better, even the greatest of the charities, even the biggest ones, they're fighting over who's going to gather money for these people and how much of that money is actually going there. Mm -hmm. so how much? Yeah, Prove yeah. it. Prove they're getting it. I don't think they're going to get it. They're actually even talking to us about adoption and the, and the, and the little children over there in Aceh province. All right, that are going to be adopted and brought back to Ontario. Yeah, right. They're going to waive the uh, the waiting fees. 
the, uh, the, the fees and the waiting time. No, they're not. You're not going to be able to adopt one. I saw myself on American television say, listen, we can't take these people out of their homeland. We have to leave them there, even if they're homeless. We have to, say, give them to their uncle or their aunt or their cousin or some other family that's there because that's the next generation of Aceh province. So we can't remove them from there. You know, the only ones that are going to be uh, adopted in the Western world are the elite, rich Indonesians that lost everything. The children. They're the only ones that are going to be adopted. And, and I bet you there is not one single child that's adopted by the West. Not one single one. That's all just evoking pity. And everyone is sitting back there going, oh, wow. Look at how wonderfully the world responded. Hey, they didn't respond at all. You know what they did? They just pledged. You pick up the telephone and you go, yeah, I'll give 50 bucks, but when it time comes time to write out the check, how many people do? Like I told you, bam, earthquake. Half of the money pledged got there, sir. So what can we do? What, 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 what would your stance be? What, what, what can you do? Now, that, uh, if, this, if these things are true, the, the theory that you're uh, you know, quoting, then uh, what would your stance be? What can we do now? You know, what can you and I do? Yeah. Hey, man, you know what? It is, we are so out of control. We just have to sit and watch, don't we? I'm a Christian. And, and That's all we can do is sit and watch unless you want to get out of your house, get on the airplane, and go over to Indonesia and see if you can get in there. You know what I heard today? You can't get a plane into Aceh province if you're a relief organization trying to help. You know why? Too many military aircraft flying around in that area at the moment. You'll have to wait. And I can remember the first few days after Aceh and Banda Aceh, the uh, uh, runway was closed. Yeah, the runway was closed because you know why? An airplane hit a water buffalo. Yeah, I heard about Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or something else, there was a plane stalled, or, you know, somebody had trouble with a landing gear was another one of the stories. All it was was just, it was just rope-a-dope. It was just slow it down, just wait a while longer, because I've got some things to say about Aceh province that will blow your mind. As a matter of fact, I should say it right now here on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Aceh province is the very first place that the Muslim religion gained hold in Indonesia. Wow. The very first place centuries ago. That's where the fiercest fighters are. Exxon Mobil is there too, by the way, and I've got something to say about them later. Mm. All right? They are pumping natural gas out of there. There's a great natural gas uh, um, uh, deposit there. But, but Al-Qaeda is supposedly in Indonesia. Where in Indonesia? Aceh province. Right. Wow. And they're also setting up uh, um, refugee camps. And it's causing quite a stir. So the Indonesian troops have to move in. And you know what? They can't do the job. That's why what I'm getting to... On this show, coming up on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. They brought in the Marines to take care of those guys. I'm going to be back with more in just a moment. It's a spaceman. This is a view from space. I'm Space. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. All right, the lines are jammed. I haven't given out the phone number yet. I've been on for 45, 50 minutes. What does that tell you? Well, what it tells me is this.
that people come to the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto Saturday nights at 9 o'clock to check out a view from space to get the truth. Not a conspiracy theory. So let me see what's on your mind then. Hi, David. You're on with the Spaceman. Hi, Spaceman. I find your your show just fascinating. And uh, I don't want to take up too much time, but I just want to say that I think the Illuminati, this is like their fundraising. They uh, ask us to pledge all our money. They show us just the horrific pictures on CNN. Yeah, all, 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 all pictures on CNN are used. Well, any anywhere. On the mass media... All of them. They're all the same. They're all showing the same pictures anyway. That's exactly what's going on. It's bilking you of your money. And how much of that money is getting to the poorest of the poor in this world is very little, to tell you the truth, to get right down to it. Because that's what that tsunami hit. It hit the places where we have the poorest of the poor. I agree. I totally agree. Thank you very much, Space Man. All right. Hi, Sean. It's Space, the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. What's on your mind? Well, I'm glad to see that we put our flags at half-mast at 3.30 on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 33. <laughs> it was funny watching Paul Martin. He looked, I don't know if he looked a little uneasy when he was saying it, but uh, you could tell that there was something behind what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found it interesting. Did you pick up on the story? I didn't catch the first part of the show about the sailors, or sorry, the fishermen that were picked up by the India destroyer. Mm-hmm. Seven days into it. Did oh. you hear about that? No. Tell me about that. Um, there were four guys in there. They said that they were all, like, severely dehydrated and shocked. None of them could speak when uh, people were there uh, mm-hmm. doing the interview. And they said they were all severely burnt because they were out in the sun for so long. Mm-hmm. Three people didn't even look like they had a tan. Mm-hmm. One guy, he was so badly burnt, it looked like the skin was peeling off his face. Mm-hmm. Now, um... As of five months ago, I was listening to another show, and the U.S. have deployed, what was it, six battle groups to the Indian Ocean? Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. I have all the latest information on uh, who's there and uh, how they got there and when they got there. That's coming up on A View from Space on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Keep talking. Um, supposedly they were doing war games or something like that there. And I was just wondering what about the thought of uh, a Chinese submarine, nuclear submarine, going in too close or something and... Uh, them knocking that out because China's been very quiet yes they have mm-hmm. except uh, they did show that they do have aid units over there mm-hmm. but uh, 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 militarily China has uh, has no real reason to uh, stray away from her borders right now because you see uh, the uh, the Chinese uh, play a very important role in the collapse of the western economies well, yeah, of course, nobody right. competes with the wages. That's absolutely correct, and they are holding the American dollars. America is consuming all the material that China makes and throwing the American dollars back at China, and China has been reinvesting those American dollars in American companies but is now and buying American dollars, but is now beginning to stop doing that. 
Well, 90% of the profit goes back into the military anyway. Mm-hmm. But, but, but here's my point. The Chinese are being run also by the Illuminati. The Illuminati oh, have two sides. They have a black magic side and a white magic side, which creates the chaos to, uh, to, 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 uh, to, um, to give us the change, okay? Because they have to have chaos bringing about the change. So you have to have two sides. So they have their black magic and their white magic. But they control both sides. So they control the economies by controlling China as the buyer and then buying American dollars and then dumping American dollars. And they have that thing. They play it like a, uh, a violin. They play the world's economies like a violin, all emanating from uh, the London uh, Financial District. I was just wondering, isn't Thailand closer to the epicenter than Indonesia? Uh, according Indonesia to is farther, uh, I guess it would be west. According to uh, Jakarta, uh, their, their, uh, their, their, their seismic uh, spot where they recorded the uh, epicenter, it's um, a hundred and about 100 miles um, different than what the uh, NOAA said where the epicenter was. So it was actually closer to Aceh province than they had had uh, had told us uh, previous. I was just surprised because there was, like, there was casualties in Thailand, but the, the casualties in uh, Indonesia is just phenomenal. Yes, it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, Thailand is much farther back behind uh, Indonesia a little bit, up to the north and behind. Hmm. But they still got there. They still got a very powerful, uh, very powerful uh, tsunami. But Aceh province is just this great big flat area that uh, it just roared across that place. It was incredible. Hey, thanks for the call. It's the spaceman on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto coming back with more in a moment. Troop movements. Yes, I said troop movements, not humanitarian help that moved into the area. He's the man they call space, and there's a really good reason. Get ready to find out things you never knew and be amazed by what you should know. It's a view from space on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Space Man on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. On a view from space, emails. Space at 640toronto.com or spaceman at 640toronto.com. Gets you through. Phone numbers are 416-870-6400 or star 640. Don't call now, they're full. When one hangs up, uh, that's your cue to call. Hello, Donna. Go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um, Earlier, about 20 minutes ago, you were saying that 150,000 people dead was the largest toll of sort of as an act of war in world history. I said I was unquestionably looking at the biggest single war crime in global history. Yeah. Well, how do you account for six million Jews in World War II? Is that not a war crime? That is a beautiful, big, huge, wonderful war crime, isn't it? And that's great, isn't it? Hey, well, listen, I here's a hard way to Hey, Donna, Donna, Donna. That, yeah. that was not done in one hour. No, clearly it wasn't. Well, done. that's what I meant. Well, you okay, so let's not death. bicker about, about deaths, okay? Let's not bicker about deaths. Well, what I I'm just saying is, in one hour, they yeah. did that incredible amount of damage. Of course I know about the Holocaust, but it went on and on for years. Okay, but let's not call it the largest single 
you know, single war crime. War crime. It's the largest, it could be the biggest single war crime in global history on a one-shot hit. Why not? So why do we bicker about stuff like that when there's so many well, more you know bigger what, fish to fry? Said, and I'm sure that you know everybody uh, listening, uh, you know, probably said, "Oh my God, I can't believe he just said that." After you know, no, I don't think so. Oh, well, then they too. didn't know where I was coming from. They didn't understand. I was talking about a single moment in time. Pow, gone. A hundred and fifty grand. See ya. Okay. okay. All right. Well, I can see where she might have misinterpreted that comment. But, you know, that's what holds us all back. Valuable airtime was spent refuting something <laughs> that we both agreed on. Spaceman, Mojo Radio. Manny. Yes, speaking. Yeah, uh, this is uh, Spaceman. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, uh, the troop movements I'm talking about is, uh, as a couple months ago, the U.S. government uh, pulled back, I think, with 75,000 troops. And I, I, I think there's something, they're, they're doing something with that. I, I don't see them doing that for no reason. Pulling back, uh, well, how do you mean? They're pulling they, back 75,000 men? Or worldwide. Huh? Worldwide. They pulled 75,000 troops worldwide mm -hmm. back to the United States when Iraq is going down the tubes. Um, what I see with that, I think there's going to be some kind of movement with that, with those troops. I don't think they're just going to come back to the United States so they can eat hot dogs and drink beer. Uh, I think they're going to do something with those troops. I don't know what, but uh, there's going to be some kind of a strike force. I think they're building some kind of a strike force. Gee, I'm not, I, I'm not sure I've, I've so heard of that. Check it out. Check it out. They pulled back... It's going back a couple months ago, and uh, they pulled back 75,000 troops. Bush announced it. Uh, I may have some information that, are, that, that will be coming up in a view from space on the new Mojo Radio 640 okay. Toronto that just may answer your question. Okay. It just may, Manny. I'm not sure about that. I want you to research that because, I mean, you, you know, you, you have to... Well, uh, I think I may already have, okay. and I, I think I may have already accounted for that group. Uh, okay. that you're talking about. But uh, uh, let me just continue with the broadcast, and, uh, and and you listen carefully and see if you can't pick up uh, on... Oh, uh, another thing, too, uh, also, with, uh, I don't disagree with the thing about a large strike like that, but a Hiroshima was, was one of those kind of strikes where it's a momentary boom, large strike. Certainly that, was. Uh, I put and there that were two in the category. I put that in a category with Hiroshima. I do, too. But, uh, oh, I definitely, I do, too. They're, they're prepping us for something here. This whole thing... When I saw this ceremony, you know, I, 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 150,000 people were killed, right? But mm -hmm. there was 2 million people killed in Rwanda. And there was no worldwide outcry. That's right. They, 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 that's right. They only push on their mass media. They only push yeah. the events that they want to, they and want. they hide the rest. And the ones that they've been showing you have misinformation on them. And I'm giving out the misinfo tonight. For example, the misinformation is, were no 9.0 earthquakes, sir. It was a 6.4 because it was a thermonuclear hit on a shelf under the ocean that displaced that water onto those people. Another thing, too. Well, and they did strange. it for a reason, and that reason is coming up on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Well, what was your it was also when, when it took place, right? Yeah. There are all these yeah, geophysicists coming up saying, we have no technology to warn us, okay? Yeah. That's true. But when you get a nine-point earthquake under the ocean 
It's not about if you're going to get a tsunami. You're going to get a tsunami. Yeah, but I, I believe there was hours, no nine. Hours, though. Well, uh, but I, mean, I don't believe there was a nine, sir. Well, it was strong enough to cause a tsunami. No, no, no. I believe there was a nuclear, a thermonuclear device detonated under the water that displaced that water and put yeah. rock all, all like thousands and kilometers of rock no, but into the, the water call? and, of course, made that surge. So I'm not arguing against you, but I'm saying, right. where was the telephone call to the Prime Minister of Sri Lanka when it took hours for the, for the wave to reach there? That's right, two and a half they hours. They already know it's on the move, That's right. right. I had so that on last the week. technology is And they also, the they also do have, they don't have, they don't have one of those uh, fancy uh, new... Uh, uh, tsunami warning systems yeah, in Indonesia, true. but they had an old system in place that was knocked out. Dismantled. Right. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. Spaceman Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Talking about the tsunami and the misinformation that's really heavily coming. Well, no, it's trickling out because most of all of the information that you're getting are heartbreaking stories of survivors to bilk you of your cash because you cannot guarantee me that that money will ever get there. And what I've got to say coming up will give you an inkling, an idea, open your eyes maybe to why that money isn't going to really help those people because that's not what this tsunami was for and it was caused by man so that man may dominate in that region. John Howard, Prime Minister of Australia, secretly dispatches two Hercules transport planes packed with supplies to Malaysia on standby, directs two more to Darwin, an island in Australia's north. And he had no humanitarian concerns at all. In those four Hercules were troops, tackle, and equipment, like guns. They invaded Sumatra, just south of the devastated province of Aceh, where they lost 90% of their population. Aceh province as I've stated earlier, was the very first spot in Indonesia, the largest Muslim country in the world, and Aceh province was the very first place that that religion caught on to. They are the fiercest fighters. They will not give up. They have been fighting mobile axon for years. There is a civil war there. Not because they're a bunch of bad guys who want to keep their land to themselves and bilk the people of all their money via like the mafia does. They don't want the pornography. They don't want the children walking around in 11-year-old girls wearing hip-hugger jeans that show their belly button. They don't want our fast foods. They don't want the Western culture. They don't want our lifestyle. And they'll give up their life to prevent it. And the NWO, the New World Order, wants to make sure 
that everyone accepts the new way. So as I've said before many times on Mojo Radio 640 Toronto on a view from space, the Muslim religion, the Christian, and the Jewish religion all must go. The old religion will pass away. And they are going to be proving to you that it was religion, because they've been doing it for years since the Crusades, that religion splits people. That religion is the cause for all strife. No, it's not. The Illuminati is. They're using religion to divide and conquer. I'm back with more. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Space. This is The View from Space. That's all. Lines of fill right now, but just let me continue a little bit on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. It's uh, View from Space. I'll get you on the telephone in a few moments. I just want to give you some information, uh, and you can do what you like with it. Now, I told you about the Hercules aircraft that were not humanitarian, were loaded with troops that landed on Medan. A high reconnaissance jet made sure that that uh, runway was open at Medan in eastern Sumatra. And all four uh, Aussie Hercules aircraft with their troops, guns, and other tackle invaded that small place just south of the devastated province of Aceh. As I said, lost almost 90% of its population. And remember... At the time these four Hercules touched down in Neden, the ordinary Australian public still has no idea that Sumatra was badly hit. Only John Howard, the Prime Minister, knew. And, of course, his buddies in New York. To hell with Sri Lanka, which is a Commonwealth country just like Australia, you would think that, that Hercules, those Hercules aircraft would be loaded with supplies of a humanitarian aid and be flown to their sister country, but no. Because John Howard's bosses wanted a main base for the huge reconstruction contracts in Asia, so the Aussies were the closest to the spot. They went in there to hold it, to control it, to be the first in. And in the end, what's it really matter how many people had to die? And, you know, on the credit side, they already managed to kill more than 100,000 Muslims in, in a single tidal wave. All right. And needless to say, the Australians were merely the advance party, soon to be joined by a curiously well-prepared and equipped U.S. military. Though I doubt that any of the officers and men of on board of those ships involved really comprehended what was going on. Only a handful thought to question why they'd been spending a whole year training for a humanitarian mission when the whole point of the United States Navy and Marine Corps has been to kill people in very large numbers. 
You want an example? One word. Fallujah. Hey, and as if by magic, the Pentagon manages to have two, not one, two battle groups ready to sail at an instant's notice for Hong Kong and Guam during this normally chaotic Christmas to New Year period. I mean, military discipline must have come a long way when everybody, including the ship's cat, was probably sleeping it off at some highly questionable hotel or another. But not these 10,000-plus Americans who must have been standing at attention beside their hammocks day and night waiting for their orders because they were on standby. For like I said, a humanitarian mission that they've been training a whole year for. And the next move, superbly orchestrated, because it took place at sea, far away from the prying eyes of spies on a dock or an imaginary KGB agent. But first you have to know who's involved. Out of Hong Kong, rushed Team One. It was made up of the nuclear-powered USS Abraham Lincoln and her escort vessels. And while a far more interesting Team Two rushed out of Guam, led by the USS Bonhomme Richard, a Marine amphibious assault carrier crammed to the gunwales with gun-toting wooden tops. And that's not all, believe me, because the Bonhomme Richard is, a, is in fact leading an actual armada known as Expeditionary Strike Group Number 5. Five, of course, the number of death. That's what they called it, Expeditionary Strike Group 5. The flagship USS Bonhomme Richard is accompanied by the USS Duluth. It's an amphibious transport dock vessel. The USS Rushmore is included, a landing ship dock. The guided missile cruiser, the USS Bunker Hills there. The guided missile destroyer, USS Milius. And the guided missile frigate, USS Thatch, is there. And to take care of the underwater side of things, they're joined by the nuclear hunter-killer submarine, the USS Pasadena. I'm wondering if that's the one that just ran aground today. Or so they said ran aground. And had some injuries aboard, possibly deaths. Is this maybe a... A way to get rid of a few people who know too much? Purely conjecture at this point on a view from space on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. But a nuclear submarine has run aground, or they say has run aground, near Guam. This is where Team 2 took off from, Guam. They also had the U.S. Coast Guard... Uh, uh, Cutter Monroe tagging along, probably just to deal with Asian customs and excise, in case they were questioned. Though strike group number five might be toting enough nuclear weapons to destroy half of the known world, and the titles may be lacking when it's viewed from a strictly humanitarian perspective. I mean... 
these guys are on a humanitarian mission? I don't think so. Staff Sergeant Dominiquez says otherwise. He says the Marine Service Support Group has been preparing for a humanitarian mission of this type for about 12 months now and is more prepared for an actual mission. Well, I guess the sergeant didn't ask why he was being trained for this mysterious humanitarian mission a year before it actually happened. Especially when your daily job is normally shooting Muslims for holes, right? It just seems to me a little strange. No, not a little. Very strange. That fighting Marines are sent on a humanitarian aid excursion into Southeast Asia. Two battle groups. Complete with a nuclear submarine. Missile frigates. Sound, sound like a humanitarian mission to you? And the real sneaky move is coming up on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. It's next with the Spaceman. Hawking. He's the man they call space, and there's a really good reason. Get ready to find out things you never knew and be amazed by what you should know. It's a view from space on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Information facts. What you don't hear on the mass media. Here now on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto on a view from space. Now, the Pentagon moved two battle groups and had them ready to sail at an instant's notice right at the Christmas period. One was from Hong Kong, the other one from Guam. Superbly orchestrated move at sea, far away from anybody who could see. Out of Hong Kong comes the Abraham Lincoln the USS Bonhomme Richard. A nuclear sub is in with Team 2 from Guam, which I believe, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking this may be the one that has ran aground in the last few hours or says that it has ran aground. Maybe some more misinformation there. Also in Team 2 out of Guam is the USS Rushmore the USS Duluth, the Bunker Hill and the Thatch, along with a Coast Guard cutter to deal with Asian customs or excise ships that might come out to question what's going on. Although the Indian Ocean at this point had no one in it. They called it Expeditionary Strike Group Number 5. Then, the real sneaky move happened as both battle groups entered the Indian Ocean. The United States ship Abraham Lincoln, the flat deck, looked about as innocent as a carrier can with 70 attack planes. 
was already carrying 2,000 Marines instead of the normal complement of around 500. And that's a huge amount of firepower to put on a deserted street uh, in Bande Aceh, don't you think? Especially when Wall Street normally expects these Marines to die quietly for the NWO in Iraq on the sandy altar there. So then, how did they know the extra Marines would be needed before Team 1 left Hong Kong? Because the surplus of 1,500 Marines were not just standing around Kowloon Dock waiting to hitch a ride somewhere. Then while the two battle groups headed in two different directions across the deserted Indian Ocean, apparently headed in two different directions, an even stranger event took place. Though Expeditionary Strike Group 5, supposedly a humanitarian convoy, was supposed to help the folks in Sri Lanka, the combat marines aboard the USS Bonhomme Richard transferred to the amphibious transport dock vessel USS Duluth, which then split from the expeditionary group number five and headed towards Team One. So without the Indonesians really being aware of it, the relatively harmless and bulky aircraft carrier USS Abraham Lincoln has been used to screen the arrival of at least 3,500 heavily armed U.S. Marines and ship them off to Aceh province, where I remind you again, the place where the Muslim religion first took hold centuries, years, centuries ago, and Indonesia being the largest country in the world for Muslim population. So that's how they slipped in 3,500 troops, Marines, into Aceh province without anyone knowing. And of course that takes time. So of course you have the world waiting to see the relief help getting into Aceh province, yet they're not getting in. And then the misinformation starts about the delays of why they're not getting in. Well, some airplanes that on relief uh, flights were waiting up to six and a half hours to get into Banda Aceh. Now you know why. Now you know why on the second day they closed the airport because an airplane hit a water buffalo. You don't even care if you think their excuses are valid. They don't even care if they even make sense. They just throw it out at you and you're going to accept it. They know that. And also when they run footage after footage after footage of survivor stories and all the grief and the depths of misery suffered by those across South Asia, they know you're going to have that knee-jerk reaction of lift your wallet out of your pocket and give. They know exactly what buttons to push. 
And then stories come out about how charity groups are actually fighting over the money. Now get that. And another thing I don't get, quite frankly, are all the musicians that come out of the woodwork that never got gigs, all of a sudden got one. Because they're doing a tsunami benefit. No, they're not. They're playing their music. They're getting another plug. They're getting on stage one more time. You know, to me, giving has always been something that you know, is going to hurt you. Is going to is going to be uh is like giving of your access is not giving. But when you give and you suffer like the Sri Lankan lady with the camera crew from I don't know where are shooting her, making her evening meal on the beach over an open fire and she says would you like something to eat here she is offering the western camera crew the very little food that she has for her family and they've lost their homes now there is a person that's giving giving isn't out of your excess that's not giving at all You got a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket, and you give me five bucks. You don't even feel that. That's not giving. So we're back to that question. That great question. Whenever there's something. that just doesn't quite sit right with you. Who benefits? And in this case, who is insane enough to kill more than 150,000 civilians just to hang on to power? Based on their past performance in Iraq and other countries, it would seem that the only realistic candidates are the people pushing for the one world government. Striving. Always looking for a way to create it. Move one step closer. No other nuclear powers really, including Russia and China, stand to gain anything from any outrageous mass murder. So, it comes down to who benefits. And I've got more to say on who really does, and I'll tell you who benefits. Coming up on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. For the Illuminati to obtain a thermonuclear weapon in America is no great trick, especially when you have the president of a hundred small decommissioned air-to-air atomic warheads being smuggled out of the Pentagon's back door. Once a weapon system is out of date, you see, and out of service... The loyal, uniformed U.S. military personnel no longer can track it. 
It's out of commission. It's decommissioned. It's gone. That's how they can get a hold of it. And no one even knows it's gone. There's hundreds of those weapons leaving the Pentagon's back door. Just wait for the due date to run out and take it. Decommission it. And like I say, all the loyal uniform guys, you don't have to track that anymore. It's out of commission. Parked. They don't know where, it's just parked. And to understand how such a seemingly small weapon could rattle a 20,000-foot-deep oceanic trench and then force a giant tsunami right across the Indian Ocean, all you've got to do is look at that famous Dam Buster movie. Remember when they were in the Second World War and they bounced the bombs into the dam? That was the work of Barnes Wallace, designer of the RAF's bouncing bomb, actually called the highball. See, Wallace knew that bombing the dams vertically was an impossible uh, task, even a waste of time to even try. And the only possibility of success was in placing a mine hard up against the dam wall at its base. You see, water cannot be compressed. Meaning that if the mine was pressed against the dam wall in the moment of detonation, part of its energy would automatically be expended onto the wall itself. Too far away in the relatively shallowy water, and most of the blast energy would be lost to the atmosphere. So a huge exploding cloud of water would come up, of course. It was obvious that the dam wall could not be destroyed by a single bomb from a single plane. It would be way too heavy for the aircraft to even get off the ground. That's how big the bomb would have to be. So Wallace pinned his hopes on the scientific fact that cumulative stress could do the job, and he was proved right. Though only officially three of his bombs, each containing 6,500 pounds of TNT, were considered to be direct hits. One of them veered off slightly, meaning that the giant moan dam that was aimed at was completely breached by a total of 13,000 pounds of nitro, uh, tri-nitro toluene. And this incompressibility of water, you can't compress water. You can't put it into a smaller container. And this is what really matters deep down in that Sumatran trench. At the bottom, you already have 10,000 pounds of pressure per square inch pressing down on your weapon of choice. And above that weapon, there's a, a column of water 20,000 feet tall, which is what caused the pressure in the first place. Not only that, but the trench narrows at the bottom, meaning that the weapon is hemmed in with a very real chance of moving a tectonic plate if its explosive tonnage is enough. And in this case of the Sumatran tsunami, there was no real need to shift a tectonic plate. A, uh, a science suggests that if this blast had caused such an effect, several very powerful aftershocks would have occurred. As has happened with uh, other major earthquakes in the past. 
But like I said, before on A View From Space on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto, setting aside the deliberate, provocative, though false warnings from the American NOAA, there has not been a single aftershock which can be directed and scientifically linked to the event in the Sumatran Trench. And to force that part of Asia to her knees and ensure the lion's share of incredibly lucrative reconstruction contracts, all that was needed was a very large tsunami targeted on the selected nations, which was easily within the capabilities of a large thermonuke. And there's nothing new about seabursts. That's what they're called. And more than 30 years ago, plants... Uh, existed in both America and Russia to wipe out each other's coastal cities in the Cold War using exactly this, this technique. The tidal wave from a deep sea burst is clean, allows the aggressor to take over both land and the buildings that remain with a min minimum of delay because the water recedes. Now, if I remember correctly, shortly before Christmas, I got a whole bunch of emails from different people about some German guy who apparently claimed that Wolfowitz got a hold of a critical weapon and was going to nuke Houston, Texas, on either the 26th of December or the 27th of December. I just passed that off. I didn't even read the whole email. I got a lot of them were warning me December 26th or 27th something is going to happen in Houston or in the Houston area. And it was all over the internet. But I never mentioned it. But it seems now, as I look back, it's very likely that it was initially circulated by the Illuminati or maybe by Wolfowitz himself as a classic disinformation distraction. Something like, keep your eyes on Houston on the 26th of December. And while you're looking there, he goes, pow, in the Indonesian area of the Indian Ocean. Not bad for a deception. I haven't left out that giant Exxon mobile gas field in Aceh province. From what I understand, not much damage was done either to their equipment there. Not far from Sri Lanka, up on the coast of India, is a uh, nuclear reactor ch uh, in Chennai in the Tamil Nadu state. And it's flanked on either side by state-of-the-art hyper-performance Sukhoi 30 jets, Russian-built. 
should have been vulnerably situated in the Nicobar Islands, front line, when the tsunami roared towards Sri Lanka from the Sumatran Trench, the Nicobar Islands must have just got devastated. And they were not there. Those jets were moved. They're the state-of-the-art Sukhoi 30s. And India's got a major Air Force base on the island of uh, Nicobar, which guards the front line of the Indian airspace of the Bay of Bengal. Bay of Bengal is where the tsunami rolled across to Sri Lanka. And this base was being upgraded at home to 25 of the uh, Indian Air Force's Russian Sukhoi 30 jets, every one of which is capable of firing both the Sunburn and the Onyx Mach 2 sea-skimming anti-ship missile. And the Sukhoi squadrons were due to arrive in Nicobar on December 14th, but it had to be delayed because of construction work, which is extremely ironic, don't you think? Despite the tidal wave roaring over the island and breaking up the runways, India still has its incredibly valuable SU-30 hyper-performance planes, now situated on the mainland, fully armed and within striking range of the, both the U.S. battle fleets that are in the Indian Ocean right now, as you, you and I are communicating here. But I find it very strange that or is it ironic that there's construction work on Nicobar when those new state-of-the-art Russian jets were to arrive on that island December 14th? Don't you find that strange? Is this the first time you've heard about things like this? More on the Chennai nuclear plant and how it just got nudged by the tsunami. Next on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto Arm Space. It's a view from space. Prepare for a journey to places you didn't know existed. This is a view from space with Gary Bell, only on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. On December 17th of last year, President George W. issues an executive order. You know what that order was? Giving the United States universal control over the world's oceans for security or development purposes. Nine days 
the number of completion. After this order was issued, a cataclysmic event occurred in the region of Aceh, Indonesia. What they said was a 9.0 earthquake followed by the deadly tsunami. I'm here to tell you now, the Jakarta Geophysical Laboratory gave that quake a 6-4 on the Richter scale. I had a caller earlier that said, yes, there were others he had. Magnitude of the earthquakes and the times of the earthquakes that happened months before in the same area. And not a ripple. Not even a higher tide after those quakes. Yet this one gave a deadly tsunami and touched 11 countries. Clearly not your average earthquake. And clearly now, as it starts to make a little more sense to a lot of people that are doing a lot more thinking and researching, that a 9.0 earthquake never happened. It was a 6.4 with a thermonuclear device blowing up a sea shelf. The displacement of all that rock pushing that water outward gave the killer tsunami, which did all the damage. The earthquake did none. There were no aftershocks. There was no usual electric buildup as a Tesla caused earthquake or a natural earthquake does. And is it a coincidence the epicenter of that earthquake which triggered that deadly tsunami was centered on Aceh province? That small area on the northern tip of Indonesia? Aceh is a very rich province. It's got a lot of exotic plants and animals. Huge mineral deposits. And there's also mining operations. And most important to the NWO, it's one of the world's largest deposits of liquid natural gas. There's been a civil war happening there for about 20 years. And as the local groups struggle over access to those resources and over the fate of their people, the Muslims, and where these people are going to go, because when they come along, when ExxonMobil comes along, and they've been there for many years. When they want the property, they just expropriate the property and kick the people off. And not long ago, they've been charged with hiring local groups of mercenaries to exterminate the Muslim population so they can clear the way for their resource development. It's true. This is a story that's almost gotten... No, no, 
this is a story that's gotten no attention. And that's the story of the giant ExxonMobil natural gas depository. And they have a massive investment in Aceh. According to some estimates, ExxonMobil has taken some $40 billion from its operations in Aceh. What do you think one province could do with $40 billion? That, could, that place could look like Pudong's skyline now, the other side of the Shanghai River. Pudong, the next... The, the, the city that's on the opposite side of the Shanghai River from Shanghai, an incredible 21st century skyline, all brand spanking new. You'll see it in the Olympics, 2008, China. They'll show it to you. It's just incredible. You can see billions of dollars have been put there. That's what Aceh would look like if the people got their money. But you see what it looks like on television now. Just devastation. And have you seen one frame of ExxonMobil there? I haven't. You're not likely to either. Let me take a call and maybe we can learn more about Indonesia. Hi, Sydney. You're on with the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Hi. Uh, yeah, I think it was very reminiscent of 9-11. It was man-made. There was a stand-down, which was a delay in letting anyone know about anything, and a lot of people made a lot of bucks. Also, in 9-11, uh, when uh, I think it was Columbia University, it showed up on their seismographs that uh, explosions had gone on under the towers. So one of the reasons the messages didn't get through this time is because it may have shown the same thing. And the delay had nothing to do with uh, this one guy having charge of 26 countries and putting his head in his hands and weeping. I mean, we have state-of-the-art communications on this planet today. Mm -hmm. And seismographs are going. It doesn't matter if it's Christmas. It doesn't matter whose holiday it is. They are going night and day. I mean, the U.S. military has the technology and the staff to keep a constant watch on any seismographic activity. That is a given. As far as passing on the message, the Department of Defense tracks every satellite in orbit, civilian, government, military, domestic, and foreign. If you were to go into a satellite tracking station, there would be a large map of the Earth on the wall. Red, blue, white, yellow, green lights have all the current positions of scores of satellites. Now, these satellites have electronic communications packages. They'd be handling microwave relays of telephone, television, radio signals. Others do topographical mapping. They do oil explorations. They do meteorology. So no matter who owns them, what nations or what corporations, every satellite can be accessed and used without the knowledge of the owners by the U.S. military. 
Their messages and commands can also be intercepted. And they are so good that a person sitting in the sun reading a newspaper could be surveilled and filmed closely enough for the headlines of your paper to be seen. Now, there are three space-based observation posts. They're under the control of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Drug Enforcement Agency, and the Environmental Protection Agency, which has the best hardware of all. And the military can intercept or work with or control the other two. So the delay is nothing but a farce. So poor Mr. Weinstein, I guess maybe he didn't know what state-of-the-art communications we have. And plus, there's a little background here on uh, over there, Indonesia. First of all, one of the headlines, and I'm quoting now, on the news said, Thailand will now become the hub of American aid, I'm putting that in quotes, to the area. Now, George Soros, first of all, brought the Indonesian economy right down when he ruined the Thai bot. Right after that, Indonesia had forest fires over the whole country. At that point, Russia offered them a typhoon. That was a few years ago, and that was in the paper. Offered them a typhoon to blow the smoke yeah, away. Yeah, blow the smoke away. I, yeah. I recall that. Yeah. They wanted to uh, actually right. man-make a typhoon. Yeah, and they can. Yeah. They oh, can. oh, yes, and they so, did. That's right. And in Indonesia said, no thanks. Now, back even further, on December 24th in 1999, and I have this very small article from the Globe and Mail, Pakistan's Supreme Court ordered the government to set up an interest-free economy by 2001 because the charging of interest on loans is un-Islamic. So this is what they ordered. That's the Supreme Court of Pakistan. And after the Supreme Court's decision was stated, it said in the same article, local bankers and foreign creditors, and we know who they are, feared that this move would collapse their banking system. See what I'm saying here? So there's a long history to why they want to do what they're doing to Indonesia and that whole surrounding area. Secondly, uh, the, it's man-made, but you have to realize, too, uh, if you listen to Nick Begich and his book and Richard Hoagland, they both reported that harp. Uh, which is the high-frequency auroral research that's being experimented with in secret. They have both stated that. And, of course, no one knows to this date what happened to Nick Begich's father, who was governor of Alaska, when they put in that huge high-frequency oscillator. So that is capable of slipping tectonic plates. If you direct one of those low ELFs, extreme low frequency, to the plates, it will cause slippage, actually, of tectonic plates. And that's, uh, what, that's what I, or Sydney, that's what, excuse me for um, butting in on you, but uh, that's what I originally um, had in mind, and uh, I aired that last Saturday night on Mojo Radio, mm -hmm. 640 Toronto, on A View From Space, oh. that it was possibly the... Uh, Interferometers and uh, the two uh, the, the two the two uh, waves that hit one another and, and caused the shaking. Right. But um, I believe now that it was thermonuclear. 
And, and, and a device that actually collapsed an entire shelf so that mm-hmm. the displacement of all of the, that rock and debris going into and that shelf falling and going to the bottom of the seafloor uh, gave that great surge of water, it's, it's which was the real killer. Yeah, that's, that's quite possible. But uh, also uh, you have to remember that um, uh, heart actually can change the weather in specific areas. Absolutely. It you can, see, well, well, right now, they're doing it right now off the coast. Right. If you get a weather, if you check out the Weather Channel, you'll see this incredibly huge vortex of uh, storms off the yeah. uh, coast of um, uh, Oregon and uh, Washington, which is giving, of course, California incredible snowy conditions. Right, and the Air Force stated at least a decade ago, the U.S. Air Force, we will own the weather. HARP can disrupt the Earth's magnetic field. It could even trigger a premature reversal of the magnetic poles. I mean, they only discovered the wobble of the Earth in around uh, maybe 1998, and it could worsen the wobble of the Earth. So during a reversal, nothing would survive unless you were so deep in the ocean or inside a mountain. And it has been stated by experts that within days after HARP is used, there are earthquakes. But you see, when Mother Nature tells people there's no one to blame, that's the beauty of it. Mm. I mean, what a break for the American Empire. Yeah, without a shooting, without firing a shot. Exactly. We have to remember, too, that the very week a year ago, well, it's weird, the dates are the same, December 26th for the city of BAM. And 58 minutes apart, by the way, right. uh, 8 and 5, and you get a 13. Right, and within the week... 26, by the way, is two thirteens. 13s. Uh, well, aside from the numbers... Well, what, they're there. What happened in that week when BAM had the earthquake was the same week that the U.S. said they were going to invade for weapons of mass destruction. Mm-hmm. So Iran came out and said, come on in, send all the inspectors you want. We will give you carte blanche. You can come in here and see everything we have. And so the excuse was gone then. They couldn't invade. So what happened within three days? The earthquake, 40,000 dead in the city of Dam. Mm-hmm. So if you can blame Mother Nature, you don't even have to keep doing invasions. You just go in like bombing for Bechtel. That's been going on since World War II. Right. And now it's bombing for Halliburton. It's all urban renewal. I mean, Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombed after, after Japan surrendered. That was all about urban renewal and yep. making all that uh, billions of dollars. Yep. And I wouldn't be too surprised. I'm going to end on this, but I wouldn't be too surprised at all if the same people that put those uh, put options and knew about 9-11 were also in on this and made a few more billion for themselves on this because they've been wanting to bring Indonesia down for a long time. And it has. It's like a Joseph's coat of many colors. But I knew in 1999 in December when the Supreme Court of Pakistan said we are going to have an interest-free economy, if they had done that, those other Muslim countries would have followed suit. They would have set a precedent. Mm-hmm. That was not going to be allowed to happen. And that's aside from all the corporate gains of reconstructing what they bombed themselves. 
you see. They bomb Iraq for 11 years every day, and then they go in and do a, a mop-up operation, and everybody's dying now. Their own, the young American kids are dying of depleted uranium. The Iraqis are dying of it. So this is what's happening. They don't want to pay for the oil. No, that would be too honest. And they could have paid. They could have done that in Iraq. No. They have to go in and grab it, kill and grab the resources. Not about fair trade. It's nothing about paying. It's chaos. And chaos brings about change, and change brings about the new world order. Thanks for the call, Sydney. You're welcome. Spaceman, Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. This is a view from space. Back with more in a minute. The news. The news media. Ever feel like you're not hearing the whole story? Like. Got a call space on the new Mojo Radio, 640 talking about the misinformation, not not misinformation, sorry, disinformation, bit of a difference. Misinformation is when someone does not realize they're wrong and disseminates a fact, which is wrong. Disinformation is someone that lies and knows it's a lie, knows they're telling you erroneous information. And disinformation is what's been happening for almost two weeks now about the tsunami, the cause, the warning that never came. I mean, Helmut Kohl was warned. He was lifted off of his pocket hotel roof by the Air Force and shuttled out. Australia was warned. Indonesia was warned. The Indonesian story is incredible. The hotel or all the hotels were 100% full. It's about a $10 billion a year industry there. Tourist spot is. And they did not want to disturb their guests. Because like I said, other earthquakes that were reported at a 6.4 or a 6.3 or even a 7.2 that happened in July didn't cause a ripple. So, 15 minutes after the earthquake happened, they held a crisis meeting to say whether they should put out a tsunami warning. And they decided against it because they didn't think that they could handle the lawsuits that came from the businesses that would come if their guests were removed from the hotels and the beaches and there was no danger. So the people were kept completely in the dark. That's why you had people scuba diving and the wave hit. So you had people lounging on the beach, just getting up in the morning, looking out their balcony, completely taken by surprise. Didn't even know an earthquake happened two and a half hours ago in Sri Lanka. 
We waited two and a half hours for the wave, the first one to come. Pauline, hi, it's the Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Go ahead, please. Hi, uh, is it me, Pauline? Yes, go ahead, please. Sorry. Spaceman, what Sydney just mentioned about income freeze uh, monetary system in Pakistan. Yes. I have few friends in, uh, they're not from Pakistan, but they come from Middle East countries. Mm -hmm. And in Saudi Arabia, there is no income tax system either. Which means they manage without, uh, the government manage without charging an income system. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, this could be another thing that most Muslim countries might be trying to go, uh, not just the interest free, but also income tax free system. Well, yes, because you see, to charge a usury fee is against the Muslim religion. No, I know that, but I'm oh. saying in addition to income free system, sorry, interest free system, yes. or usury free, you may call it, mm -hmm. they are also perhaps trying to be have a um, government system that is free of income tax. Because right. in, 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 in Islam, if I understand it correctly, it, it, even charging an interest on an income that a person makes, is against the, uh, the is wrong right because it's a person's living or making a living for, by working mm -hmm. and, and not supposed to be charged uh, a tax on that right. by, under the name of income tax correct here we pay pay you know by the thousands actually yeah so few friends who came from there they find it very difficult when they have to pay income tax here they are practically on the crime every time yeah. And so, I, the way I see it, uh, Sydney mentioned in, in income tax, sorry, interest-free, plus income tax-free system. If that system ever gets hold, of, let's say at least in the Muslim countries, and it, uh, you know, get, uh, grab the attention of the Western countries, then the Western banker won't have exactly, a way to hold on to yeah, them. Exactly. Do you That's you, right, Pauline. Yeah, yeah do you help me there? That's how I was saying. Thank so, you so much for bringing that point up. I appreciate that so much. What a great interactive audience of you from space has and you all connect so well together and you all listen to each other so well it's the new mojo radio 640 toronto back with more in a minute what do fans talk prepare for a journey to places you didn't know existed this is a view from space with gary bell only on the new mojo radio 640 toronto you're listening to a view from space sorting out the misinformation and the disinformation that's been going on about the tsunami and the earthquake Southeast Asia for the last couple of weeks almost you know, there's, there's Andaman Islands and there's Nicobar Islands and they're just off that epicenter and there's Diego Garcia also. These islands should have been just absolutely devastated. I mean, run over with the They should have been buried by a wall of water. But Nicobar seems to have gotten off okay. Adam and Islands seem to be okay. And on Nicobar, they're actually doing construction. We're actually doing construction on December 14th. And because of that, the Indian Air Force had to move their uh, brand new state-of-the-art Sukhoi 30 jets. 
Russian-built state-of-the-art fighters off of the island. I wonder if that was a coincidence, or I wonder if they were tipped off. But why did this U.S. base escape the tsunami? This Diego Garcia, which should have been absolutely drowned. It's actually the U.K. who owns it, has it in their possession until 2016, I believe. And the United States Navy's official Diego Garcia website said that the island wasn't hit by the devastating tsunami because it is surrounded by deep waters. And the grade of its shores, the angle of its shores, doesn't allow for tsunamis to build before hitting land. Their actual site, the U.S. Navy's official Diego Garcia site, said that the earthquake generated a tidal surge on the island estimated at six feet. That's right, six feet. I don't know. I don't think it was a nine. I think it was a six four with a nuclear thermonuclear charge on the shelf that collapsed it. That's what I think. And like I said, December seventeenth, W issues an executive order order giving the United States universal control over the world's oceans for security or development purposes. Nine days later, the wave hits. Coincidence that it was centered at Aceh province? Liquid natural gas, Exxon Mobil's there. Been a civil war there for 20 years. They've been trying to get the local population off, moved out. In other words, wipe out the Muslims in Aceh province. And as I've stated before, I believe this is the third time on the show tonight on the, Mo- uh, on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto. Aceh province is the place that Islam first took hold in Indonesia. Indonesia being the largest Muslim country in the world, which was on the Axis of Evil speech list by W just after September 11, 2001. So the only ones really left to being hit is North Korea. Really, because Iran got hit last year at BAM, that old, old ancient city on the old Silk Road that stood thousands of years of earthquakes, but this one in 03 flattened them. Never before has that happened. Destroyed all the buildings, but this one did. 
Sir, you think there was something different about that dam earthquake also, and there was. Scalar weaponry, probably used in that instance. Thermonuclear, in this instance, at Aceh province. This is a story that's gotten no attention. The story of the oil giant ExxonMobil. Taken out probably 40 billion from its operations in Indonesia since they got there. And according to human rights groups, ExxonMobil has hired military units of the Indonesian National Army to provide security for their gas extraction and liquefaction project in that region. And members of these military units regularly have been murdering, raping, torturing, and destroying property of the Muslims that live there. And other acts of terror, too. See, anywhere that the NWO has problems with the people, they'll hang the Al-Qaeda word on, which gives them immediate license to go in and kill. Rape. Destroy. And other human rights groups also charge that ExxonMobil has continued to finance the military in Indonesia to provide equipment and facilities that have been used by the Indonesian army. And in turn, to do their part, the Indian, or I'm sorry, the Indonesian military has committed atrocities against the Muslims that live there and covered them up through the use of mass graves. And now, that'll be forever wiped out. No one will ever find that now. And for years, the International Labor Rights Fund has fought a series of legal battles to hold ExxonMobil responsible for its record in Aceh. As a matter of fact, one of the group's lawyers was actually in Aceh interviewing witness, witnesses just days before the tsunami hit. This is by far the largest corporation operating in Aceh. The amount of profit that they make from this area is incredible. It dwarfs any other industry. Exxon's got a huge role in causing the problems in Aceh province. And their lawsuit that's against them right now alleges that Exxon has knowingly operated its natural gas facilities on that northeastern coast by hiring Indonesian military forces to provide security, knowing all along, as is a matter of public record, that the Indonesian military's record in that area has been a poor one. It's the Civil War against the Indonesian government, who are on the side of the New World Order. The Indonesian military have committed a lot of human rights abuses against the people of Aceh. 
and their collaboration with ExxonMobil has only worsened the problem. They're operating a, a war basically against a separatist movement. And they've been doing it for decades. Killed thousands of innocent civilians. And remember this, that the Indonesian military itself is an extremely corrupt institution. It's estimated that only 40% of the military's basic operating costs are paid for by the Indonesian government. That means they're getting 60% of their resources from other places. Well, I wonder where that could be. And you can only guess how much ExxonMobil has given to the Indonesian military over the years. It's common knowledge they've paid them. They've given them logistical support. It's also known that they've housed them, built barracks for them. And like I said, the Indonesian military is a very corrupt institution. They've been running drug operations, prostitution rings in Aceh, illegal timber operations. And now you're going to trust this same institution to be the people who deliver the aid to the Achenese? <laughs> Not a great idea. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. It's space. I got a line open. 416-870-6400 or star 640 on your cell to the phones I go next. Emails at spaceman at 640toronto.com or space at 640toronto.com. Your world is full of guarantees. Parts, service, satisfaction, all guaranteed. Then there's the... I'm Space, back on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm talking about ExxonMobil. That's got this huge natural gas, liquid natural gas project going in Aceh province. And there's been this constant attack on the people, expropriating their land, harassing them, killing them, murdering them, mass graves, as they get the Indonesian army to do their dirty work. And just this past Monday, outside the Indonesian mission to the, new, to the UN, there was a protest made up of Achenese refugees. They marched from the UN over to the Indonesian mission to the UN, condemning what they call the Indonesian government, government's haphazard response to the tsunami. They accused the Indonesian Armed Forces of continuing their military operations in Aceh and preventing the delivery of aid to victims of the earthquake and tsunami. The refugees said that they, rather than helping the people in the area, are intimidating, scaring them away from their villages, looting their homes, even stealing what little food they've got. In other words, get out of here. Leave. It's over. The tsunami was waving goodbye. That's their message. The power of the cabal. The power of the New World Order. 
I was just talking about Diego Garcia being warned. Australia and Indonesia and the U.S. naval base, Diego Garcia, were the only ones that were warned. Even though two and a half hours went by between the earthquake and the tsunami hitting land in highly populated areas. If they would have had reports out of a high magnitude earthquake, then it would have been taken very seriously and the tsunami warning would have been issued. But the U.S. government's Pacific Tsunami Warning Center in Hawaii recorded the quake at an 8. And none of the nations in the group of nations that share the earthquake monitoring data were informed. Diego Garcia was even near the epicenter, reported only a six-foot tidal swell. And the Australian media, they downplayed the whole threat. It wasn't a nine. It was about a six, well, it was a six-four. Jakarta, Indonesia, seismology, recorded a 6.4 earthquake. So something else made the surge in the water. So, Spaceman, George. Good evening, Spaceman. You're on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Go ahead. Well, Spaceman, I always found when you drop something in the water, you always get a splash. You always get a splash. So it's like I mentioned last week when I was on the uh, Antarctic earthquake on the 23rd was 8.2. And there was no splash. It borders on the Indian Ocean. Mm -hmm. Why not? And that was a big earthquake. But this earthquake, we get a splash. So we were going over some of the same material. And, okay, what could prove it was a nuke? So I listened to the BBC World Service Thursday night, and they say there's reams and reams of poisoned, not just dead, but poisoned fish being found in Sri Lanka. Well, if you let off a nuke, then you got to kill some living things. No kidding. So that provides a lot of evidence to me that maybe something in line with a nuke or some dangerous weapon of the same sort was used and it killed the fish. A lot of articles are coming out about you know people uh, not eating the fish because they were afraid that they were uh, human. Uh, eating human they were eating human flesh. That was so ridiculous. That seemed to be the cover story, but the BBC did report that the fish were quote-unquote poisoned, and that disturbed me. But we're not recognizing the pattern. I was have quite fortunate to pick up a couple of books uh, in the chapters uh, department there that are on sale, yeah. written by insiders, so you can't uh, put them down. One's called The Age of Sacred Terror by Daniel Benjamin and Stephen Simon. They work in the U.S. intelligence agencies. They got their material cleared. I just read the preface for that book, and it talked about the first World Trade Center uh, debacle. Well, the uh, blind sheik... That was the, that was the uh, one where they bombed the basement. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The blind sheik was getting phone calls from that chap who shot that uh, guy Kahani in New York. He was on the watch list. And he still got a visa from the U.S. State Department to come to America. Hmm. Now, you'd almost think that was a conspiracy. Same thing, over and over and over. Intelligence Matters by Senator Bob Graham head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. Just started reading the preface in that book. 
the Bush administration is involved in the largest scale cover-up ever seen. Well, he's a fairly reliable source, I would think, being the head of the Senate Intelligence Committee. When are we going to wake up and smell the coffee to understand it's not terrorists. It's terrorists co-sponsored by governments that are doing us for their own personal good, and we're paying the price for it. These people in this area, they're witnesses. They don't want them to live. That's why they're going to steal the money and cut off the food aid. They can give you first-hand evidence, scientific proof, that what you say is true. So they're going to have to allow them to die en masse mm -hmm. to cover up their crime. And then that's why they want all this aid in cash. So they're going to steal it. Two of the best crooks in American history are going to be on the uh, roundup committee for this money. Papa Bush and Bill Clinton. Right. Like, you, you, you know, why don't just open the prison doors and pick two people at random? We'd probably, maybe we'd find someone who actually cared about people and would let some of the aid money go to where it's supposed to go. I, I can't understand why they picked those two clowns, aside from the fact that I think they'd uh, help themselves handily to the funds. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Carter didn't seem to come to, uh, to mind to these people. Uh, in my way of thinking, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush would be the perfect guy to uh, stand at the uh, door where the aide's coming in to say who it should go to and who it shouldn't go to. Exactly. Five for me, one for my son. Five for me, mm -hmm. one for my son. And, and those guys in Aceh province get zip. A bag of rice if they're lucky. Another thing uh, that's come up about the banking and such like that, Islamic banking is uh, a force to be reckoned with. There are a few states that practice Islam Islamic banking, and that means no interest, no income tax. Usury was a sin. It was in the Christian faith, too, until uh, we got slapped around hard enough to get suckered into this. The system we use is Karl Marx's system, and uh, he invented income tax, and he invented uh, this super debt and central banking that uh, we see. Those are serious planks in the Communist Manifesto, if anyone would ever care to look them up. George, I want to put you on hold. I want to bring you back after the news, and we can continue this uh, financial piece that you have ready. All right? Thanks. Hold on. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm the Spaceman, coming back with more in a moment on A View From Space. It's Everything you hear is true. Everything you believe is accurate. What you see is what you should believe. Really. This is A View from Space with Gary Bell. Only on the New Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Space. This is A View from Space on the New Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Just before the news, I was talking to George on the uh, telephone, 416-870-6400, by the way, or star 640 on your cell. I've got a line open. Uh, we were talking about usury fees in uh, Islamic countries. Go ahead, George. Oh, exactly. The Islamic countries have been trying to stay out of the uh, terrible banking system that we have. This is a system that's designed to keep us as slaves and... Uh, it's absolutely abhorrent. I know I wrote a letter to our uh, Prime Minister, Mr. Martin, when he was Finance Minister years ago, when we were on some sort of speaking terms, and uh, he answered his own mail. But when we give loans to other countries, we're supposed to be trying to help them. Well, if we're trying to help them, why do we give the loan in U.S. dollars? Why don't we give the loan in their currency and allow them to pay it back in their currency? And that way, it's a helping hand as opposed to a yoke being put over them. 
And, uh, of course, you don't get answers to letters like that. But if we're really going to help someone, it means matters not to us if we get paid back in their currency or U.S. dollars, but by forcing them to earn U.S. dollars, especially in a time of trouble when their currency might be devalued, then we're putting them into a position of debt bondage. And I can see why we're hated uh, in the many parts of the world, especially the Americans, because we do that to people. That's just absolutely abhorrent. That means you have to work twice as hard or twice as long for less, and you don't get to keep it. We do. It's, it's a, like a neo-colonialism. It's just absolutely evil. Yeah, Kofi Annan uh, has uh, just been visiting uh, Aceh province. Guess who was uh, in the chopper with him? The okay. head of the World Bank. A banker. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. So uh, that doesn't surprise me. You know, he's sizing everything up for their futures options, I'm sure, with uh, probably large smiles on their faces. There was a great little article in the National Post uh, Saturday as well, New Terrorism Law, Trampling Rights. And uh, it's well worth reading. Our government, under the terrorist laws, have seized $78 million from 2,699 Canadians. Mm. And uh, one of these evil terrorist spacemen was an 84-year-old woman. I can't see how we can sleep nights letting people like that run around loose. Do you know what an 84-year-old woman could do with her $13,000 if she got loose in a shopping mall? Yeah. They all have to be locked up, all of them. Unfortunately, not the 84-year-old women, but I think our politicians. These laws are, are just nothing but legalized larceny. No one is allowed to have any rights. You have very limited rights to appeal. Uh, you know, it's just absolutely disgusting. I hope uh, a lot of our listeners and uh, whoever they can influence wake up to the evils of these uh, laws. Do call and write your MP because they're coming to the point where they're either going to allow these laws to sunset or repeal them or whatever. But uh, this is not freedom. This is not democracy. This is slavery. And uh, there's an old saying that goes, thieves use as their license when judges steal. The oppressed will have to use as their license when judges repeal. And us citizens will have to use as our license when we're forced to kneel. Mm -hmm. Don't kneel. Get up and kick them. Thanks, Space Man. All right, George. Thanks so much for that. It's the new Mojo Radio 640 trial. I'm a spaceman. This is a view from space. Go ahead, Ronnie. How are you, Spaceman? Good. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, first off, that uh, I really appreciated your piece a few weeks ago about uh, Dimebag Daryl. Okay. And I tried to explain it all to my mother because I was listening in the car on the way home from work. Uh-huh. And uh, I tried to explain it to her, but I don't think I did it as well as you did. This was the uh, danger plan uh, uh, kill on yes. stage in yeah, Columbus, yeah. Ohio. Yeah, yeah. And Pantera uh, was the originally original name of the band, and Damage Plan was the uh, band when, uh, band's name uh, when uh, Daryl Dimebag Daryl, the elite, or I'm sorry, the lead guitar player, uh, was shot and killed by a mind control victim on stage. Yeah, Go ahead. Exactly. Uh, I just wanted to also say that I appreciate everything you're doing, mm -hmm. and I totally agree with this whole situation what you've been talking about tonight. But and you're not buying the disinfo that's coming across the ma mass media either about this tsunami. There's just exactly. so many things about it that are uh, just so wrong. Exactly. Yeah. What I want to know is, I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, when I'm not when I'm not able 
because I, I live in Cambridge, so when I'm not able to tune in uh, the new Mojo Radio, mm-hmm. I tune in uh, Buffalo Radio Station. Okay. And it's uh, just recently turned to uh, an FM talk radio station. And they carry a guy who they say get about 10 million listeners a day. And what he was going on about uh, the other day, they I didn't hear it until today because they played a rebroadcast like you guys do on the weekends. You know, okay. mm-hmm. What he was going on today was, you know, good old George W. is sending all these money, all this money over there. But he's concerned about the fact that, hey, we need to stop and, and look at the situation. Before we go ahead and send all this money over there, we need to think about where this money is going to end up. Is this money going to end up in terrorist hands? And I just wanted to hear your take on that, because he was saying that a lot of these islands that, you know, in Indonesia and, and around where the Tsunami hit, a lot of these islands are major, major Al-Qaeda supporters. And they were saying that uh, a lot of these islands are where these people came from, like all the the pilots of the planes from 9-11, that's where they came from, Mm -hmm. into uh, the States to take their pilot training before they ventured off and, you know, crashed into the the World Twin Towers. Well, what if I told you that... um they were remote-controlled aircraft, and there were no terrorists on board. Well, what, what would you think then? You know what, Space? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised in the least because. So what I okay, heard... then let me go one step farther. Now, do you think that um, Al Qaeda members are uh, Muslim? Um, uh, Muslim believers that uh, just want to be left alone and live in peace. No, I wouldn't believe that at all. Because okay, they... uh, 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 an extremist Muslim, a Muslim extremist as they call them, uh, Al-Qaeda, are just people that are mind-manipulated by the use of religion. Okay, They use religion to manipulate that person to kill. I agree. So Al-Qaeda, meaning the base, that's what it translates from Arabic into English. The base, that's all it means. Al-Qaeda is that shadowy figure of an enemy that no one knows where he's from. He has no uniform. All we know that he is Middle East looking, which is a perfect guise for the New World Order to hide behind. Oh, I agree that's with you. That's who Al-Qaeda is. So you can't tell me that Al-Qaeda is on these small islands and they may get some of our aid money, because I don't believe you, because I just don't believe they're there. Uh, It's guys like Yasser Arafat that handed over their young, brainwashed, so-called Islam extremists to be the suicide bomber and the Al-Qaeda member, okay? These people are brainwashed, sir. I know, I know that. I agree with you, Space. I agree with everything you say, and I believe you 100% on everything you say because I, I honestly believe you're an expert in your field. But what I'm saying is, is what he was saying, and I just wanted to get your take on that. There's just no way. Well, he's one of those guys that would probably that probably voted for W to go into office for the second term. Well, and he, he stole that election too. He he said that he didn't vote for him. And that he didn't believe that all those Americans, and the only other country that he admitted that was sending money over 
to the tsunami victims was Canada. Mm -hmm. And he said that all the other countries, he said there, there was no Afghanistan, there was no uh, Venezuela, there was no Brazil. No. Uh, all these other countries, they haven't pledged any money. That's right. Because and, this is a New World Order pledge. And all of the New World Order countries are ordered for their governments to pledge the money. Not necessarily give it now, all right, Ronnie? Because half of the money for the BAM earthquake uh, relief never arrived. No, I don't believe, I don't believe See, that. They yeah. actually will tell you that, hey, well, Japan is giving $500 million, but you know what? A million shows up well, it's, you in know real what? life. I say, and I said this at the start of the show tonight, if you're going to pledge money, we're not mentioning your name. Once you give the check and the check is in their hands, now we're going to say you have donated. I think that's the way it should go. I'm not taking anybody on a uh, picking up the phone at the in the heat of the moment and going, hey, I got 50 bucks. I'm pledging 50 bucks right now. Hey, and you know what? The mood escapes me a week later when it's time to write the check out. Nah, forget it. But you know what, Space? I right. think the same thing applies to when you see those commercials on late night TV and you see the commercials come up for the Christian Children's Fund. All those poor, starving children over in, in Ethiopia and wherever else they are. Yeah. You know, okay. Hey, I got a question for you, uh, Ronnie. I know what you're. Go I know where you're going with that. Uh, you know, how, how do we know the money gets there? Yeah, exactly. We don't know. Exactly. You don't know. You can't tell, and you will never know. You have to have only faith in the organization. And quite frankly, I've got to tell you, <laughs> it's not getting there. It's not getting there. I don't believe so. And, and if it gets there this time around... That's why third I'm world countries are still third world countries. And they've always been third world countries. But what I'm asking you, Space, is how do we know that the money that's going over there isn't falling into the wrong hands? It's already falling into the wrong hands as soon as you give it because it's not going to where it's needed. Al-Qaeda is yeah. never going to get the money because you know who funds Al-Qaeda? The New World Order does. All the corporations do. All the big-name corporations are fronting Al-Qaeda because that's where they're going with the New World Order to use the threat of global terrorism to move us closer to a one-world government. That's what it was designed for. It's the perfect ruse. It's the perfect enemy. He can pop up anywhere and then disappear because every other war that we have held has had a country, a group of people that have a uniform and we can tell what shape their airplanes are, what their logo is, all the whole thing. With Al-Qaeda, you don't know. Isn't that a wonderful, beautiful little ruse to hide behind? Oh, it is. And that's what's going on, sir. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm also saying is that, uh, okay, you were talking about, what was the province called? O Ocha? Ache. Ache. Yeah. Okay. They've got Exxon Mobil over there. Yep. Okay, and they're so well, you know, profited with all their money. Exxon is. Exxon is. The people are, uh, uh, the people are Muslim and are getting pushed out of there. Yeah, but why isn't Exxon helping with the relief? They gave $5 million, but they took $40 billion out. But I will say they have, I don't know if they've given it, they've pledged $5 million. Yeah, but that's my whole point. No, I, I know, yeah, exactly, exactly. Exxon, Exxon uh, used to be owned by uh, George uh, W. Bush's uh, grandfather, Prescott Bush. Yeah, of course. That's who, what I'm saying. Who, who sold oil to the Nazis. 
And I got to tell you right now, the Nazis won the Second World War. They're in charge today of the New World Order. Thanks for your call, Ronnie. I got to go. It's the New Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Space. This is a view from Space More in a Moment. I want to mention right now, around Monday, this this coming Monday, which is January 10th, is a potential next window for a ritual event. Now, I'm not talking about a terrorist attack or something like that, but I'm, I'm talking about something that will be included in this torch ritual that's been going on that started early last year for the Olympic year and culminated with the Olympics and the opening again of the Statue of Liberty which also has a torch and, and, and the torch is, is the knowledge to the Freemason the knowledge is passed on that's why the torch is passed on and they carry the hold the torch high. It, it's it, it's a light, and the light for Lucifer and his knowledge is what the secret mystery religion is all about: knowing more, moving up to the next level, getting initiated into the next level after that. So let me just mention that January 10th, I think, is a potential window for a ritual event. You're going to see Mercury crossing the galactic equator. It's the center line of the Milky Way. On that day, nearly 10 hours after Venus doing the same, and it'll coincide with the new dark moon as it passes below the sun, becoming, a, in effect, a black disk, showing its dark side directly toward the earth. And all this takes place. As you know, the sky is divided up into 12 pieces. And those are the astrological signs. And all this is going to be taking place in Sagittarius, the constellation highlighted in the opening ceremony of the Athens Olympics. The combination of Mercury crossing the galactic line and a, a moon-sun alignment is a reminder of the December 26th configuration, which was the earthquake day and tsunami day. And so it hints at some kind of uh, echo effect. Now, I was just talking about Athens and Greece. The day of Epiphany was January 6th. Like the Asian Great Flood associated with both Christmas and water. And on the stroke of January 6th, the 12 days of Christmas officially came to an end. And this day takes on a special meaning in Greece. And there's a special ceremony of blessing the waters of the vessels that uh, their boats floated in, that they sailed their ships in. 
the modern observance at Piraeus, the ancient port of Athens, takes the form of a priest hurling a large crucifix into the waters. And brave young men jump into the cold water and compete to retrieve the crucifix. And the Orthodox believe that the Epiphany, last Wednesday, was the day of the baptism of Jesus. And this is where the day's association with water comes in. And you also find that events that are commemorated by baptism in the Jordan River by John the Baptist, the visit of the three kings, and his miracle at Cana, where his power to perform miracles was demonstrated. But typically, baptism is emphasized in Eastern churches on the day of Epiphany, while the adoration of the wise men is emphasized in the Western churches. Epiphany has been called the Old Christmas, and of course, last Wednesday was the Orthodox Christmas Day. And the three kings, or magi, are traditionally associated with Persia, Iran. And interestingly enough, the Sumatra earthquake came exactly one year after the Bam earthquake in Iran that killed 26,000. Select the January 10th celestial configuration. Epiphany's religious meaning contains a lot that reflects the December 26th symbolism. These two January dates also seem to interact with each other. Tenth and the sixth. All Catholics and Anglicans, along with a lot of other Protestants, now formally end the Christmas season on the Sunday immediately following January 6th. This year, the Christmas season ending Sunday fell on January 9th. In the United States, January 9th naturally overlaps 10th, as observed in a lot of other parts of the world, just as if, as if it was still Christmas Day in the United States when the Southeast Asia earthquake flood came on the 26th local time. It was still Christmas Day in, in, in America when the tsunami hit. So I'd say from the period of last Wednesday, the day of Epiphany, through January 10th, which is this Monday, we'd be wise to watch it. And just a quick note here about something else that took place that's symbolically very intriguing. I mentioned that January 6th was the day of Epiphany in Christian tradition, the Orthodox Christmas associated with water. It also has some relevance to the pattern that surrounds the Asian Great Flood Tsunami. So if you directly overlay the two Christmas days, our Christmas, the 25th of December, and the Orthodox Christmas, the 6th of January, 
You have January 7th corresponding to the Great Flood Day and the 26th day of after Christmas. And the significance of this comparison gets even more complicated when you realize that the Malkoth's comet, now a naked object in the night sky, is here. You can see it tonight if there's a clear sky. And comets traditionally are considered omens. So already in that sense, it's something potentially related to the super torch ritual that's comprised of a lot of omens. And the comet came closest to the Earth just this past Tuesday, Epiphany Day, the Orthodox Christmas Day. And on Christmas Day, on the 25th of December, the sun happened to be crossing the plotted orbital path of the comet, Makos. Very eerie if you're into astrology. I've got more coming up on the new Mojo Radio. 640 Toronto with Spaceman. This is a view from space. Somebody. Prepare for a journey to places you didn't know existed. This is a view from space with Gary Bell. Only on the new Mojo Radio. 640 Toronto. Spaceman on the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Uh, touching on a little bit of astrology and what the alignments are in the heavens in the next few days. Kind of ominous. With a comet, Malkholtz, going by. Uh, right now, you can see it in the, uh, in the night sky. And they are considered omens. to those that believe in astrology. And it came closest to Earth just this past Tuesday, the day of Epiphany, the Orthodox uh, Christmas. Now, maybe you can get this. Maybe you can grasp this. The Milky Way it's often associated uh, with a river, a flood in ancient tradition. And in ancient Egypt, it was apparently compared to the Nile, the winding waterway. And the Nile was central to the life of ancient Egyptians. And particularly, it was the annual flooding of the Nile that had the most magical meaning for them. Because it followed through the hilarical rising of Sirius, another word for Satan, and the god Isis, or Ishtar, or Venus, whatever you want to call her, the goddess of a thousand names, Mary Magdalene. The water rose and brought fertile silt to their black land. They revitalized 
just as the flood itself is considered symbolic of the resurrection of Osiris, the husband of Isis. And she bore the son Horus, the virgin birth of Horus, who became Osiris, or his resurrection, where the phoenix myth came into being. In the destruction of itself, it rises up again in its own ashes to become the next evolution, the next incarnation, the next resurrection. And doesn't that seem exactly what the Illuminati is doing here in Indonesia? Namely, Aceh province, which is giving them the most trouble with the so-called Al-Qaeda connection. But it's actually the Muslim religion. that they want out of Aceh province. And this flood is like flooding the Nile. And it's that magical moment again for them in the ancient mystery Babylonian, ancient Egyptian religion where you have the baptism of land with water, the flood to bring about its resurrection again to a new Indonesia, a new Aceh province. And that's what they're doing there. They've baptized it. They've flooded it. And out of the flood comes the new incarnation one step closer to the New World Order. Because how on earth were they going to get those people onto a one-world system? Hooked up with computers. Hooked up with the electronic transfer of funds system that's coming to replace our cash. This is the fastest, quickest way to do it, is to destroy it and build it up again. Because these guys have all the money in the world. It's not money they need. It's the people in the land and your mind to get you to do what they want. But they need to make you think that it's for your own good, that the world is changing the way it is. And they're going to change your government. They're going to change your borders. They're going to change your lifestyle. They're going to change your habits, and they're going to change the way you think. In fact, they're going to engineer thoughts for you. So you won't have to come up with any thoughts. They'll give them all to you. And it's a lot about what's happening today. When you ask someone, what are your thoughts about the Southeast Asian earthquake tsunami? You get their take on it. What you heard tonight on A View from Space on the new Mojo Radio 640 Toronto, you won't hear everywhere else. 
you won't hear about uh, Exxon Mobil. You won't hear about the quake being an actual 6.4 on the Richter scale with a thermal nuclear device knocking down the shelf to create the tsunami. You won't hear that Diego Garcia was never flooded. And it was right in the path of the tsunami. It got a six-foot wave. But what you will see and hear at almost ad nauseum is survivor stories, human interest to bilk you of your cash. And they're calling it a natural occurrence. It was man-made. There is no doubt about it. And a thermonuclear device was laid into that shelf to give the displacement of that much water that just kept coming and coming and coming. Let me take a call. Steve, you're out with the Spaceman. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. Hello. Yeah, hi, Space. Steve here. Thanks so much for waiting, sir. Yeah, no problem. Say, uh, first off, I'm an American uh, living in Canada. Marriage brought me here. Divorce might make me look. But anyway, <laughs> I, you know, I don't trust anybody. I, I, I want to give to help the people from this disaster, but... I don't trust, uh, you know, to send my money. So I'm trying to uh, call people to, you know, donate my time. I'll, I'll borrow the money, fly over there, and help rebuild to do whatever it is I can do. For well, you see, you're an honest human being, uh, Steve, and they're not. Uh, you can you. get into Aceh right now. Relief flights can't get in because there are too many military aircraft still going in to clean that place up and get rid of all the... Uh, Muslim connection, the Al Qaeda connection there. Yeah, I you think for one second that they're bringing canned milk and 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 and, and rice into Aceh province on those Black Hawks? When those people in Aceh province run up to those helicopters, those doors fly open, and an M16 pops out and they mow them down. That's what's really going on. Yeah, I hear you. But nobody will even return my calls. You know, they say they don't want people to go there. Well, you know, know. My, my money, if I give any, which I'm not going to, won't go there. It'll go to George W. or to Bill Clinton or to somebody's pocket, and I won't stand for that. That's right. That's exactly what will happen, sir. Did you know the Red Cross in both World Wars, the First and the Second World War, was the only organization to be able to cross the uh, enemy lines on both sides? Yes, yes. And do you realize that's how the Illuminati ran that war? That's By passing that information across those lines via the Red Cross. That makes sense to me. That's the Rosicrucians in yep. a new form. Yeah, it's, I just find it very frustrating that I'm trying to help and I can't get any response, you know, to, to do anything. And it you know, makes me so Well, because you actually want to help. Steve, they don't want you to help. They just want you to just blindly do what they said. Watch this 
outpouring the uh, uh, of human emotion on the television set, and then mail a check in. Yeah, and finance the new world order. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you well, got I won't it, buddy. Do that. You know what I mean? You got I won't it. do that. You know. But I do need. I do. I would like to help the people that are hurt by these activities. Well, we all do, but we're all helpless, and we all are not in control of the situation. Unfortunately, we just are not. And the organizations that we have in control are, in fact, our enemy. That's a whole other thing. That's right. And and sometimes I wonder, listening to your station, what alternatives? What can we do? You know what I mean? I don't know. Steve, you can't do anything. Well, that's can't. frustrating, too. <laughs> yes, it's very frustrating. But you know what? You can start at home and trust your wife. I'm separated, yeah. You can start there with one human being. Yeah, I And get you. that set right. I hear you. And then you're doing the world a good right there, because if any children come into the picture, they're going to be brought up right. Well, I've got two sons, uh, both in the States, and I, I would like to think that I did that right. Uh, but, you know, one never knows, I guess. You keep up the good work, and uh, I really enjoy the show. Thanks for calling, Steve. You bet. Bye-bye. Enjoy your stay. Hi, Osman. It's the Spaceman. Hi. Good evening, the Spaceman. First time caller, long time listener. Great show. Thank you, Dan. Uh, I got a question. Uh, the, uh, if you look at the, uh, if, if, if what you say, like it's a man-made thing and there's a nuclear device that will trigger the uh, the waves. Uh, all right, in uh, in Sweden, they lost three thousand of their own citizens there. Sweden, they lost nine thousand. They are the they are the most on the on the uh, on the list of uh, of people that lost uh, um, uh, citizens. Oh, okay, because I, I sound like... 9,000. Yeah, this is what they said on the TV, 3,000, but I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. But, you know, why are there any kind of a scientist or any kind of, a, you know, intelligent people out there, there's millions of them out there, come forward and saying things that you're just saying right now? Uh, because um, they either don't have the guts to do it, uh-huh. or they just rip and read because I don't go to AP Associated Press I don't go to uh, the BBC I, I I don't get my news from the normal mainstream media mainstream media alright but like if I'm the leader of any country if I lose my own citizens for like what you just saying right now I'll be pissed you know you know you're talking about a lot of innocent people who died nonsense things there there's been a lot of innocent people dying throughout history. It's not stopping. And the same spirit, the same group are in control. The same families are in control and have right. been doing it over and over and over. Their lineage is like that. Yeah. But you know, Spencer, I got another question. Now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you look at the history, like in the, in the, during the Kennedy assassination, uh, anyone who knew or have any kind of a clue or have any idea... They, they all die from mysterious diseases or they get whatever. Do you ever thought about, like, you know, like, yourself, like, you know, are you putting yourself in that kind of situation where you're speaking out things that not a lot of people don't, don't want to talk about it? Do you ever thought about that, Stephen? You know, uh, I think about this all the time. I've come close to death 
four or five times in my life. I mean, should have been dead. And I don't want to run through all, all five of the instances. But uh, there have been quite a few. But I've always survived. Yeah. And I, I think it's this. I don't think it's the length of your life. I think it's the quality. I think if you stand for something, mm-hmm. I think that's what life is all about. Not how long you live or how much money you have or how well off you got. I don't think oh. any of that matters. I think it's the integrity of the person, the dignity of the person, and what you did for someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, uh, the other thing is, I'm, I'm from that part of the world. Uh, you know, uh, I'm from Somalia, which is about 4,000, no, I'm sorry, about 5,500 miles just the west of Indonesia where these, you know, these happen. And if you look at the, you know, that part of the world, East Africa, there were 200 people died there. Over 200 people died. How did that, you know, that nuclear device that would trigger that wave that would travel 5,500 miles all the way to the coast of East Africa? Well, once water starts to move, it builds and builds and builds. And if you have a thermonuclear push to it, it's going to go and go and go until it hits something. That's the way water is. That's a ripple. You don't see a ripple die out in a pond when you throw a rock into it. It makes it all the way to the edge. Okay. All and the time, every time. That's inertia. Yeah, and the island that you were talking about, the uh, the Guam, you said it hasn't been hit at all. And it, it sits right in the middle of the, uh, the Indian Ocean there. Uh, are you talking about uh, the uh, UK, U.S. Um, uh, naval uh, island of uh, Diego Garcia? What was it, Garcia? Diego Garcia. Diego Garcia, yeah. It's in yeah, the hands right. of the U.K. until 2016. Yeah, you're right. So it hasn't hit it, it, it got a six-foot wave, they said. That's it. Now, no one died and no were, there were no any damages at all? No. Anyway, you know what? I really appreciate your show. Thanks a lot. It's a great show. Keep it and, you know, I wish I could buy the, you know, the tape for this, but, you know, when I talked to the, uh, the, the call taker, I asked him, say, can I buy the tape for this? He said, no, I'm sorry, you can't buy it. Yeah, we have, uh, we have no, um, we have no uh, setup for uh, making tapes and distributing them. I produce my own show. By means, uh, what I mean by produce, I mean I go out and I get the material, I bring it here. All right. you know what, A lot of talk show hosts have producers. Uh, okay. I do it myself. All right, uh, Stacey, have you ever thought about going to the uh, kind of a uh, student centers like uh, UFT or the Ryerson, speak, you know, speaking out these issues and, like, talking to the students? Uh, I've, I, I've been asked, and, um, you know, I just don't have the time. You know, can you I have another you? job besides uh, this radio program that I do at I this radio you. station, and uh, uh, I, I would be working seven days a week, and I just can't afford to do that because I would burn out. I have to watch that. You know, I, I think a lot of professors... So you can only do so much, and I know my, uh, I know my limitations. <laughs> I stay that way. All right. You know what? A lot of professors would love to have you in their, uh, in their school. So well, I, would, I would love to go, but uh, you know what? I'd have to clone me. Uh, and I'm not into clones. Please make some time for, uh, for the students, then. Well, uh, <laughs> and, and, and then burn myself out, and then no, have no, my a whole body fall apart. Like, you know, if you can at least you know, squeeze whatever, you know, some days, and, you know, for like at least half an hour or whatever. I, I, I hear you, Osmond, and thank you so much for the call. There's so much a man can do. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. It's space. I have a line open, 416-870-6400 to star 640 on yourself. If you can get in before this, uh, well, I've only got a few minutes. We're Toronto. 
Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. It's the Spaceman and a View from Space. One thing I didn't get to was uh, the reduction of the world population, which uh, this tsunami fits in just absolutely perfectly. I mean, there is a group of people on this planet that believe we should be two billion less at least. Some say five billion. And they have an apparatus that's set up various levels of government where they're actually getting this job done. It's a policy planning group set up by none other than Henry Kissinger the man who brought you AIDS. And this group drafted the Carter administration's Global 2000 document, which calls for global population reduction. And the same apparatus is conducting the cleanup, restoration of Southeast Asia. Get where I'm coming from. So they're right on the mark, they're right on the money, and it keeps rolling along. I'll keep following them as long as I can for you. It's the new Mojo Radio, 640 Toronto. This has been a view from space. Coast to coast is next. I'm space. I'm out. We all know where Canada's proper place.